You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. Find me online at JackieDaly.com, on the X at Jackie Daly, host. Jackie New E, daily like every day, host and on truth. Jackie Daly. Okay, I don't normally talk politics. Like, I try not to. I I try to not even use the words Democrat and Republican if I can help it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and do just a tiny tad bit of commentary. I I predict that my favorite governor, Ron DeSantis, bows out after the debate with Nikki Haley, uh, which is coming up, right? Or or actually, by the time some of you hear this, depending on where you listen, especially if it's podcast, will have already happened. Um, Listen, I think it would be super smart right now for DeSantis to debate her, get the profile, get the, you know, that, that's a lot of money's worth of advertising there on a national stage, and then leave the race, go to Trump, you know, say, hey, I want to be the AG. I want to be the AG. He would be an amazing AG. He would be great. And then he should tell all of his people, vote for Trump. He needs to mend the fence right now. Right now. Trump is blowing everybody out of the water. I mean, I really don't want to see anything bad happen to Trump, okay? But the only way these people have a prayer is if something bad happens to Trump. I really think now is the time for uh, DeSantis to show loyalty. Because I just think, you know, there are a lot of people who have walked away from DeSantis. They were DeSantis fans. Um, I'm a results person, okay? Like, what kind of voter are you? I'm an issues voter. I'm an issues voter. I'm a results voter. There's words. There's actions. I'm all about the actions. DeSantis has great results. You can't argue with success. Um, and I happen to like him, uh, but I think that he got some bad advice and now probably is looking for the permission of his supporters and donors to back out. That is my assessment right this second. Um, and I think that will happen straight away. Maybe he'll let the first contest go off, maybe two, uh, but you know what, if, if there is a problem where there has to be a substitute for Trump for some reason, you want to be the clear second choice. You don't want Nikki Haley to have the chance to get up on top of you there before you get out. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, secondarily, <laughs> here I am in the studio. On, on one screen is Fox News. On one screen is CNN. Both of them had the tagline, Hunter Biden stuns on Capitol Hill as he shows up for this um, oversight hearing. You know, the word stuns, I, I seriously, it makes me wonder, do the people at Fox and CNN, like, communicate, hang out, have drinks? It's not ESP. I seriously wonder about the relationship between journalists, what are the chances? 
stuns. Um, I don't. I don't entirely trust the corporate media. Call me crazy. I'm. I, I'm not a Fox fan. I, I watch Fox Business. I do like Maria Bartiromo and Charles Payne and Stuart Varney, uh, but I'm not uh, not a Fox girl otherwise. Just Fox Business, and of course the Blaze. Well, if I go anywhere, I go to the Blaze for the truth. The truth lives here at the Blaze. All right. You know what? Why do you pay taxes? If I asked you, well, number one, you're coerced and you go to prison if you don't. But let's just say, theoretically, uh, why do you pay taxes? Why do you think you should? Uh, My answer would be to fund a military and a border enforcement uh, agency. And that's about it. Otherwise, it should all be state, in my opinion, and not federal. Um, Listen, what what your elected representatives think that you're paying taxes for? Did you see Rand Paul's annual Festivus report showing the trash that you're paying for with your tax bills? I hope you're not in a good mood because I'm about to wreck it for you. Um, According to Rand Paul, and really thank God for him or we'd never know this, apparently... Our tax dollars are paying for, quote, meth head monkeys and cats on a treadmill. Those are Russian cats on a treadmill. Uh, And Barbie photos. Uh, Apparently, people are using Barbie photos as ID to get their COVID money. Okay. Look, if if they're ferreting out fraud, great. I love that. But why do I have a feeling? Um, That's not what this is about. Meth head... Monkeys. Um, researchers at the University of Mississippi Medical Center received $12 million in government grants to dose monkeys with methamphetamine in the morning and track their sleeping habits. Do you need to have $12 million worth of research by PhDs to tell you what happens when you take meth? Well, the feds thought so. What else? Uh, U.S. government-funded Russian scientists. Whoa. Excuse me? Russian scientists. Why Russians? Snipped the brainstems of cats and then forced them to walk on a treadmill. This sounds like Fauci's beagles, but worse. It's not worse, actually. Uh, The cats were part of a $2.7 million National Institutes of Health grant given to a researcher at the Georgia Institute of Technology, which then subgranted the funds to researchers in St. Petersburg, Russia, a fact first uncovered by the White Coat Waste Project in 2021. That makes me mad. That's what we need is money going to Russia. Um, thank you to my listener, I'll just call him Bill, who sent this to me, by the way, this Rand Paul report. Um, I'm not a libertarian myself, but I, I struggle hard to not lean that way. I, I wouldn't let myself read Ayn Rand because I was afraid I would become depressed. Uh, but I'll tell you, I sympathize. Um, we would never know about this if it weren't for libertarians. Why is that true? They do a great job of showing you the waste in spending. I told Speaker of the House... Mr. Johnson, uh, I had dinner with him, as I told you last week, or I guess last show. Um, 
I said to him, you know something, why don't we just stop taxing anyone making less than $50,000 a year? As you know, right now, there's an exemption, um, and it changes over time. It's changed several times, but if you're making up to a certain amount, you know, 10000 whatever, you're not paying federal tax. I think it should go all the way to $50,000, because guess what? People paying 50000 and below, or making 50000 and below, rather, pay less than 2.7% of all of the taxes that the feds take in. Think about that. The the 50,000 or below crowd are paying less than 2.7% of all federal taxes. Now, that is not a trivial amount of money. Don't get me wrong. Here's what I'm saying. We have to make working more attractive than welfare, right? People need to keep what they earn. The government should stop stealing and fleecing from people making less than 50 grand. Because if you look around and add up all of the benefits that people would make, you know, free healthcare with a medical card, free education, heating grants for their house, free housing, um, free everything. This drives me crazy. Um, if, you, if you don't work, you get all this free stuff. You don't have the stress of going to work and putting up with the boss and fighting the traffic and you know, and all the people in prison, they get free iPads, free health care, free everything. Um, we have to make working for a living more attractive than not working or committing crime. It's that simple. That's my policy. And I have really, really shocking news, uh, perhaps that I'm going to share with certain top candidates for the presidency's teams. Um The Republican Party actually is not fiscally conservative. Um, And I'm talking about the grassroots. I'm not talking about the party. I'm not talking about uh, elected representatives. Trump knows this, which is why he gave out all that money uh, and was not behaving fiscally conservatively. But if you look at the, the electorate, actually, people have been polled and you show it over and over again. There are very conservative people in this country who are, they're, they're, you know, socially conservative. They have some conservative values, okay? But when you ask them, you know, would you rather there not be uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, whatever? These are entitlement programs. Um, and even something that would be closer to outright entitlements, not, not just things you paid into, like Social Security. You know, they're never going to agree to that. The overwhelming majority of the people are a little bit fiscally moderate or leftward leaning, even in the Republican Party. I've seen the numbers. It's not contestable. Um, So anyway, all that to say, we've made it because it's it's so hard for people just to make it. The people who can't put their hands on $1,000 right now, today, that's a lot of people. It's about half the people. So, of course, they want any help they can get because the government has stolen their money out of their paychecks for so long. They can't get ahead. They can't save anything. So I'm calling for, we could do this in Texas because of our oil and gas revenues. We're $32 billion up, $32 billion up in the black. Give the money back to the people. Do a massive tax cut, especially property tax. Reward the people 
who are stewarding the land. I'm calling about a, t- a tax cut. I'm telling everybody who will listen, this is the right way. Just don't take the money in the first place. Not a refund. Not a one-time, here's a little bitty tiny refund check. No. Permanent. Don't take the money in the first place. Cut whatever you have to, especially the Department of Energy and Education. All right. I got to go to break. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. Find me online at JackieDaly.com and on the X at Jackie Daly Host. Okay, true story. I received in my inbox, uh, let's see, of course, I, I, of course the daggone phone would move, so I can't see the verbatim email dag on it. Um, it was a pitch, actually, from a friend of mine. Here's the subject line. Fossil fuels kept my dad alive long enough for me to say goodbye. I know exactly where the story is going. I saw this in the subject line. I said, I have to have this story on the show. It's a true story. And my friend Daniel Turner at Powering the Future, who's been on the show many times, wrote this story for the Federalist. True story. His family, his father, and he's here to explain this. Daniel, welcome back to the show. Jackie, it's always great to be on your program, and thank you for having me and allowing me to talk about my dad a little bit. Yeah, great, great story. I loved it. Um, You titled it, We Can't Let Fossil Fuels Die Because They Keep Us Alive. You go on to say, this is your first Christmas without your father. It's your mother's first Christmas since 1963 without your father which is so precious. I mean, it's a real achievement in this day and age to be able to stay married, you know, more than 50 years, first of all. So you are a blessed (laughs) man to come from a family like this. I did as well. Uh, The grandparents, the same. I I like how you started this, this piece out by saying that your dad stays in the hospital and subsequent death ushered in a wave of emotions and ponderings about heaven, sin, salvation, and for me, fossil fuels. It just so <laughs> happens that uh, you and I have have had similar thoughts. This happened to me as well in the hospital. And when I lost a family member, it sounds a little strange. Daniel, explain why. For you, it was well, fossil I, fuels. I, thank you. I, uh, you. You take your work with you everywhere you go. I'm sure, yes. I'm sure you do as, as a wonderful radio host. I'm sure your listeners that you know, your work, especially if you love it, is with you everywhere and everything you do. And I was with my dad in the hospital. And um, and, and I'll just give the smallest example of, of, of fossil fuels and the medical community. 
and and why I love this industry so much. I was looking at the the port that was in my dad's arm, and and many of us have been in the hospital or given blood. Um, the the needle in that in his arm was so thin, so strong, uh, hollow. Uh, all forged from coal, not just the stainless steel itself, but the fine tip of that, you know, forged from the heat of coal. And connected to that needle is an IV tube that's 100% made from oil. And, and, and that IV tube is, is non-porous, non-corrosive, non-toxic, um, flexible, soft, right? Um, in that IV tube are, are medicines trying to keep that alive that are 100% made from natural gas. And that's just one little example. And when you hear people like John Kerry and Joe Biden, when you hear the end of COP28 in Dubai and they say, we are going to phase out fossil fuels. Well, what, what about that port, right? What about our IV tubes? What about our medicine? And, you know, wind and solar, they make lousy electricity. They don't even do it all the time. They, they make terrible electricity, but that's all they do. Yeah. And fossil fuels make millions and millions of products that have given us uh, a, a, a wonderful life and gave my dad a very dignified death. Right. And, and that's on the line if we get rid of fossil fuels and we never talk about it as a country. Right. So, for example, um, people think that wind and solar are just interchangeable with oil, gas and coal, which are all hydrocarbons. And so I think it's worth yeah. saying that no... You know, wind and solar generate electrons, electrons, not hydrogen and carbon, <laughs> right? Like, it's as simple as that. You get electrons. Yeah. Now, and so we also can, can get electrons from natural gas. We also can yeah. get electrons from coal. In some countries, they get it from oil. But electrons and hydrocarbons are not the same thing. So it's, yeah. it's really, I guess it gets really confusing for people, but the point you're driving home is if we, if we had no fossil fuels, I mean, you heard Joe Biden running for president, I will end fossil fuels. And it's like yeah. thunderous applause. What is he talking about? And in his world, yeah. your dad would have none of that. None of that. And, no and, one would. And that's, no, and that's the frustrating thing is because our politicians have told us, look, we can get rid of gas. We'll just drive EVs. But oil does a lot more than produce gas for our cars. I just mentioned one example. And and it's the same with natural gas and it's the same with, with coal. And it's very frustrating because no one says what the plan is for all of these millions of products. And, and, and I marvel at the fact that, okay, the vast majority of oil definitely goes towards transportation, right? Jet fuel, car fuel, et cetera, the vast majority. But but someone took the leftovers and were like, you know what? I can turn this into X, Y, and Z. And over the course of our lifetime, millions of products have been invented from that little bit of coal. And those little and those products are so inexpensive now they've made our life wonderful. Uh, they're so inexpensive that we now have disposable diapers. Our grandparents couldn't have imagined disposable diapers. They <laughs> clean diapers by hand, right? We have disposable. I mentioned tissues. I, I joke about the fact that I always carry a handkerchief with me because my dad always carried a handkerchief. A lot of people think handkerchiefs are gross, right? They're like, no, I want a tissue. That's fine. But you know what? Tissues are only possible because of fossil fuels, because 
they make the, the, the refining of the paper and the product, they make it so affordable that you can go through a box of tissues in one cold season without even thinking about it. Not to mention the tissues that have the built-in lotion that are even more fossil fuels, <laughs> yeah. right? That's yeah. just the quality of life that we have. And all of that is on the line. And so when they say we're going to get rid of fossil fuels, I don't think people realize that their whole comfort is a fossil fuel comfort. I mean, you know, I, I say this because I'm going to say something that only a woman can say. All right. Like, it's not just diapers. It's also feminine hygiene products. Ladies, mm-hmm. imagine you're a pioneer woman. Okay. It's like, you know, you're watching, uh, what is it? Uh, Taylor Sheridan's uh, original 1890. What was it, 1893? Thank you, 1883. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's 1783. And I say, okay, take five minutes, okay? No, take five seconds to imagine how your great, 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 great grandmothers lived without fossil fuels. You know, I'm not going to go into details, but listen, yeah. you want to talk about unpleasant? And by the way, you know, the infant mortality would skyrocket since we wouldn't mm-hmm. have the, the modern sanitation that chemicals, petrochemicals bring. Um, and hygiene, exactly. Hygiene. All of all of that, and and you know, I I marveled also watching the nurses come in and out of Dad's room. And again, many people are listening right now have been in the hospital, or and sometimes even for happy reasons, right, to give birth. You know, not all, not all hospital stays are bad, but um, but how many of them have noticed the nurse comes in, boom, the hand sanitizer. They put on a pair of gloves, do what they need to, gloves off, hand sanitizer, walk out the room. All of that is fossil fuels. Those gloves that they dispose of hundreds of times of the day, no, they're disposable, and, and people can argue disposable gloves are bad for the planet. But you know what they're great for? They're great for hygiene. Yeah. They're, they're great for keeping people clean and keeping environments clean, and that's why the hand sanitizer craze at COVID, which is 100% made from oil, the hand sanitizer craze was was through the roof. That's a fossil fuel product. and. Yes, it's convenience and it's comfort, but but the the, the main gist of my article is is, is dignity. Yeah, and and there's 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 dad died a dignified death because fossil fuels kept him comfortable and peaceful. And there's no dignity in causing people to suffer. There's no dignity in asking our poor to to deal with extreme heat or extreme cold. There's no dignity in having rancid food because we don't have refrigeration. Um, the human dignity that comes from a fossil fuel uh, uh, economy is why everyone is trying to get into America, legally or illegally, because they want that. And again, all of that is on the line if we were to, quote unquote, get rid of fossil fuels. All of that is on the line. And I don't think we ever have a serious conversation about what that means. You know, what's the craze right now I just saw? is the um, the Stanley water bottle. Everyone's going crazy for the Stanley water bottle. It's all over the news. Fist yeah. fights. Everyone wants the Stanley water bottle. Got to tell you, Stanley water bottle, 100% made from fossil fuels. Yeah. So if you believe in climate change, don't get a Stanley water bottle. Drink out of the tap. <laughs> or drink out of the water hose like we did as kids. If it was good enough for us, it's good enough for you kids. You know. And so, of course, the water hose is made out of fossil fuels, too. Let's be crystal clear. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, no, it, it is about dignity. The, the, a world without fossil fuels, it would be like a world, like the, I don't know if you're, you're old enough to remember this, Daniel. Um, I got like 20 seconds, but 
those Ethiopian uh, fundraising marathons yep. that they had on when, when we were kids. These are people dying because they don't have the basics, running water, sanitation. Exactly. What is the, you know, if we can just get across, if there's one big takeaway in this segment, it's that, you know, wind and solar are not interchangeable with oil, gas, and coal. Fossil fuels give you all of these products, and wind and solar cannot. If you don't know what I mean, please Google this. <laughs> please invest some time before you go vote or decide to not have kids because of climate change. Okay, so I've, I've used up my full segment. Daniel Turner from Power the Future, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your true story. Uh, heart out to you, but also Happy New Year. It's 2024. It's a brand new year. This this will be better than last year. (laughs) It will. Thank you. You're welcome, Daniel. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. Find me online at JackieDaly.com, J-A-C-K-I-D-A-I-L-Y, like everyday.com, and subscribe for free. iHeartRadio, The Blaze, Spotify, etc. Listen, um, by the time this show plays in West Texas, uh, because we're on the air on KWEL, FM, and AM, uh, in Midland, Odessa, and the surrounding counties, also on The Blaze, and then podcast, um, we will have a winter weather like spike uh, in spike in low temperatures on the way, like dangerously low, like six degrees here in Texas, even worse for those of you uh, farther up north, I believe. And so Texans, you know, we have our own grid that still is not fixed, I feel like it's my responsibility to warn you, be ready. Like today or tomorrow, please make sure you have plenty of food and plenty of candles, fuel, alternative fuel, which these days means wood or coal or whatever you need. The grid could be stressed beyond its ability to provide for Texans And that means rolling outages, rolling outages. We had it before. We've been warned and warned. We know the wind turbines will freeze and stop moving uh, in cold temperatures, especially with precipitation, which is uh, predicted. So please take this seriously. Do not believe that policymakers have fixed the problem. I do think we are better off now than we were when the big Texas freeze happened because, as Governor Abbott said to us, literally the state had to change the law to make sure that it is illegal 
to cut the power to power plants in the middle of a power outage. Uh, did you hear me? It's always been illegal to cut power to hospitals, police stations, fire departments, certain downtowns. But guess where it was perfectly legal to cut the power in the middle of a power emergency uh, you know, deficiency? Yeah, power plants. And if you stop the gas, the natural gas from moving through the lines, they can freeze. So really bad idea, first of all, to even electrify the oil patch in the natural gas areas. That's something that Barack Obama mandated back in about 2014. Before that, they were run on natural gas. It was right there on site. There was no freezing of natural gas plants. It's not like the temperatures that we had were the first in our lifetime. It actually happens from time to time. But um, I'm telling you to be independent. Rely on yourself. Expect that your power could be cut and be ready for that, whatever it takes. I personally stockpile a lot of emergency food. Um, I actually have solar panel generators, which will do me no good in the middle of a winter storm. Uh, That would have to be one of those grid goes down for months at a time kind of moments to get any use out of that. And unfortunately, of course, all the things I would charge on it probably don't have any anything they can connect to to do anything for me at that point. Um, but you know what? That's what solar is good for. Backup. Perfectly fine as a backup product. Not good as commercial uh, electricity. Anyway, just wanted to say, I feel like it's my responsibility to urge you to prepare. All right. Speaking of um, <laughs> cold weather, as you remember, I did the segment about how we now know that, or probably we've always known, that electric vehicles get about 30% less range in freezing weather. So like when you need it the most, well, talk about even worse than freezing weather. How about a hurricane in Florida? Again, you don't want an electric vehicle. There are a lot of times, in fact, they're about 85% more um, problem prone, right? They're going to be in the, in the shop. They're going to have mechanical problems all that. But um, as again, my listener, Bill, I went through his post this week and things he sent to me, um, sends me this, this article. EVs and hybrids had a noticeable effect. This is the EPA. This is one of these articles about how they're taking the victory lap saying, oh, we're so proud of ourselves for mandating electric vehicles. Just look at the milestones that mankind is achieving as a result of our draconian regulation and redistribution from the taxpayer to people making six figures who can afford electric vehicles to get our tax credit. Here is what they had to say. Um, first of all, he says the data is good. This is uh, Jonathan Gitlin, okay, ARS Technica. The data is good. Record low carbon emissions and record high fuel economy. The biggest improvement year on year for almost a decade. And here's what he's saying. The EPA says the average real-world carbon dioxide emissions for all new vehicles, not just EVs, all new vehicles, fell by 10 gallons to the mile. Okay, the lowest it is ever measured. Similarly, real-world fuel economy increased by 0.6 miles per gallon in 2022. So that is 26 miles per gallon average. 
He says this too is a record high in the single largest year-on-year improvement for both CO2 and miles per gallon in nine years. Okay, so part of me is like, well, that's good news. I mean, who doesn't want to get greater fuel economy? More for your money, right? Who doesn't? So that's great. But then you keep reading on. Very interesting. Uh, Bad news for minivans. Do you know that minivans account for only 3% of the new vehicles produced in 2022? So they're kind of out of fashion. And um, so 63% of all new vehicles in 2022 were truck SUVs, pickup trucks, and vans. Can you believe that? I'm going to say that again. 63% of all new vehicles built in 2022 were truck SUVs, that's his term, pickup trucks, and vans, which are subject to less stringent corporate average fuel economy standards, as opposed to light duty. The EPA says the highest percentage of trucks sold in 2022 since 1975. I think that's kind of amazing. It's like pickup trucks are selling better in 2022 than they have in every other year since 75. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but those are the facts. Here's the deal. These vehicles are larger and heavier than they've ever been. And some of that is because there's added safety. Okay, so there's crumple zones, side impact protection, rollover protection, a dozen airbags. Okay, but some of it, the EPA says, is, quote, market trends. Okay, what they're saying is, this is what U.S. customers want. This is what we want. We want big vehicles. It's what we want. It's what we like, period. So do you hear the two points being made in this article? This is straight from an EPA report. We are getting more miles per gallon and less emissions, if you care about that, than ever before. Yet, the vehicles are getting larger. Where (laughs) they're not subject to the standards. Okay. Um, Bottom line, I I told you Ford is losing like over $60,000 per electric vehicle. Everybody's backing up. Americans don't want this stuff. They like big vehicles. We feel safer. And you know what? My dad always said, always have a pickup truck. He said this to me. I'm a girl. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I know you didn't know. Uh, Always have a pickup truck. Because why? He says, even when the economy is bad, you can make money. As long as you have a truck, you can make money. There's always something you can do with a truck. You can haul stuff. You can move stuff. Yeah, you can can put the little uh, hitch on the back. Whatever, there's always a way. Everybody needs a truck. If you have a truck, you're going to find people will call you and ask you to do things for free. And you say no. In fact, you're going to pay me. Uh, And and I just made this phone call today, in fact, to a friend of mine. Uh, So anyway, it's a very American thing. It's It's a way to hustle. It's a side hustle. The truck is your fallback plan. Just as Tammy Wynette always kept her beautician's license up just in case the whole singing thing didn't work out, you've got a pickup truck. 
Dad always had a truck and still does. He's retired. And he's definitely not fit to be moving things. Doesn't matter. He has a truck. Always. A man has a truck. I always liked it, frankly. Back when I was a single woman. I like a man in a truck. Um, by the way, as far as the rabid environmentalists are concerned, uh, Toyota is the most green car company, showing the greatest improvement over time, at least. Let's put it that way. Most improved. <laughs> they get the most improved award. They increased fuel efficiency from 25.3 miles per gallon to 27.8, while Mazda went the other way. It sells more, many more big SUVs than it used to, and uh, definitely lost some miles per gallon. So there you have it. But again, I already told you the methodology flaw in this big EPA report. They tell you that EVs are paying off, but then you read the fine print and you find out this isn't about EVs, it's about all vehicles. And then you find out that we're selling more cars and trucks or excuse me, trucks and SUVs than ever before, and they're not subject to the standards. See how that works? Did you see the fast of, the sleight of hand in this report? This is why nobody trusts it. No one believes the EPA. They got their headline. All right. So you're supposed to appropriate more money next time for their friends with the EV companies. The company that just sprang up three months ago, but you're going to give them a few million dollars. As if they're studying methamphetamine monkeys or rushing cats on treadmills with their brainstems cut or something. As I said in the other segment. It's 3.03. I am way past time. I am sorry. I have to go to break. You're, you're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. Listen, a group of friends of mine put together a focus group, which I've always thought would be a ton of fun. It's kind of expensive. But they wanted to to test with this focus group who were not selected from the Jackie Daly listening audience, uh, or else they'd be much smarter. Um, They wanted to test how much does the average American know about U.S. energy dominance and why it matters. So I'm, t- I'm talking these concepts. Who is understanding? Who gets it? And where do people stand, right? So you might or might not be surprised. Um, it's, it's better than you thought, and it's worse than you thought. Uh, here's the deal. All people in the focus group, all of them, agreed that the oil and gas industry is an economic driver And that American-made is a good thing, especially people in Dayton, Ohio. Okay, that's not far from where I'm from. And let me tell you something. I go to great lengths to buy American. 
And it's tough. It's like a part-time job trying to find things made in America. And at this point, seriously, I will just settle for something not being made in China. I'll take Vietnam. I'll take the Philippines. I'll take Peru. When I was in college, you couldn't find a pair of shoes that weren't made in Mexico at the mall. I thought that was an outrage. Now, I would be ecstatic. Okay, it's it's tough. But I'm from the heartland. So apparently people in the heartland of Dayton, Ohio still believe this. Um, most of the group felt that we are a stronger country when we tap into domestic energy supply. Well, that means the majority of the people are basically with us. They basically get it. They're not deceived. Most agreed that our national security is enhanced when we rely on our own supplies. No surprise there because every president since Nixon has been promising that we would get off of Middle East oil. Some people are old enough to remember the 73 Arab oil embargo. They were mad at us for supporting Israel in their war uh, with the Arabs, the, the surrounding Arab countries. I'm not old enough to remember that. I'll let you know. I wasn't even bored. I wasn't even a twinkle in the eye yet. I'm not that old. But most people understand this instinctively. And I think the supply chain shocks of COVID, where we didn't have enough pharmaceuticals or PPE, really helped to drive that home. So people got it. Um, most of the group felt that giving money to unreliable and unfriendly governments is not a great idea. Okay. In fact, um, when Trump said, I represent the people of Pittsburgh, not the people of Paris, that quote resonated even with a lot of Democrats. They found that hard to disagree with. Okay, great. So we figured that out. Um, almost all liked that oil and gas creates jobs and tax revenue. Most thought that mandates for solar and wind are wrong. But some were willing to pay more now if the technology drives down the prices later. Okay, so people are, are buying that, that that's going to happen. Unfortunately, there are all too many people willing to tell them that when it's not exactly true. Um, only a handful of people knew about horizontal drilling. Okay, so you have to understand horizontal drilling combined with fracking or hydraulic fracturing is the key to how America became the American or really the worldwide energy powerhouse in oil and natural gas. So a handful of people knew about horizontal drilling. And this is amazing. I don't know how this happened. No one in the entire group was an anti-fracker. How do you find a group of people where not a single person is an anti-fracker? I'm starting to become suspicious. What do they do? Like, Pull the Chevron employees. (laughs) Maybe that would explain these findings. I don't know. But but apparently there are people from multiple states. Um, Amazing. Okay, but some of them were concerned about the longer term impact that fracking could have on health and the environment. That seems about normal. Um, There was skepticism about, quote, big oil and big business all believed, 100% believed, that oil and gas is finite 
and will soon, quote, run out. Why? Because they've been told this forever. There's, there's such a long lag time between a change in circumstances and actually getting that out to the public. If you've had a reality for 50 years, I mean, it, it's now been uh, since about 2012 that we really hit the fracking boom. So it's been 10 years and people still don't know that it's happened or what it means, which is kind of amazing. What else? Let's see. Uh, They felt that using the oil up is wrong, no matter how long you extend the timeline. At the same time, everyone, all of them, felt good about wind and solar with questions like, why wouldn't we do it? And the sun is always there. These were the dominant thoughts. Okay, very interesting and good for me to know. Again, the reaction to wind and solar, why wouldn't we do it? And the sun is always there. Actually, the sun is there about 30% of the time. Uh, And you need it 100% of the time. You need electricity. So, you know, (laughs) I always had that comforting phrase, you know, the sun will rise and set tomorrow. No matter what, no matter what, that's true. But I need the power now. Okay. And some people um, had a moral stance, which was that we owe it to coming generations to transition. Actually, we owe it to them to not transition. And I can explain that more. Um, (laughs) 100% believe energy is too expensive. Absolutely. It's a pocketbook issue. They are hypersensitive to the price of the pump and the monthly bill from the power company with comments like $6 gas would kill me. Yes, it would. Financially, it would kill you. With all the inflation happening everywhere else. Seriously, I'm not saying this to win points in heaven because I'm not supposed to tell you about good deeds. I have raised my tipping on everything significantly. I'm serious. I I have because inflation is so bad and I I study it so often. How are people supposed to make it? I don't know. It was hard enough if you were working for tips. Now it's harder. Um, At least the gas prices are good today, but that could change very quickly, especially if war breaks out in the Middle East. All bets are off. All bets are off. Um, apparently, the focus group did not connect energy independence, or I would call it um, security. I wouldn't call it independence, but they don't connect energy independence with their own pocketbook, which is interesting. I guess they think it doesn't much matter if it comes from Saudi Arabia or America, as long as it comes from somewhere. You know, that's 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 kind of sort of right. But they have to understand, we're the number one producer. As long as we continue maxing it out, the price comes down. We're the top producer, so the more the better. And we want us to be the Saudi Arabia of everything. We are, by the way, we are. So (laughs) about half of them have issues with President Trump, even if they voted for him. Okay, I'm sure that's true. Wonder how many have issues with Biden. And why was that not asked? I want to know. 
Um, okay, I've, I've got very little time here. Uh, coal is problematic. Uh, the group was against it. So, interestingly, um, advocacy for coal does more harm than good. Apparently, coal is like irreparable, even though it continues to go up, up, up. The stocks, uh, you know, the, the use. Coal is just as critical to keeping people alive today as it ever was. But people don't like it, and it's very hard to rehabilitate it. It doesn't have the same positives that oil and gas have, which is kind of unfortunate because we have great technology in this country to clean it at its source so we don't have the, the air pollution um, that we used to have or, or the, you know, anything. So that's kind of a shame. Um, but that's where people are, and I am out of time for this segment. All right, you're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show. So I see from my friend Robert Bryce uh, reporting here that a federal judge has sided with the Osage Nation of Oklahoma, the the Native Americans, ordering the removal of 84 wind turbines, a wind farm in Oklahoma. 84 have already been put up. The judge is saying, take them down. Or basically ruling that a, a foreign company that put up the wind farm, which by the way, it's almost always a foreign company. We used to rely on foreign oil. Now it's foreign wind. No one tells you that, but I will. Um, Basically, this company trespassed onto the tribe's mineral estate. Yeah, the mineral estate. Okay, in Texas and in other states too, there are two estates to your land. There's the physical surface estate, which is what you live on, your house. And there's the mineral estate, which is typically beneath the house. It would include oil, gas, and all kinds of other minerals. And essentially, the owner of that land, if they want, can sever the surface and the mineral estate. In other words, they could just stay in their house and sell all the oil and gas beneath their feet. And this is how a lot of Texans have made money and not just Texans. So apparently that is in fact the way it is in Oklahoma too, because they're calling it the tribe's mineral estate. And Bryce says this echoes the themes in Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon, right? You've heard of this film. Uh, I've got like three copies of the book because of course, when you have a show, everyone sends you books. I mean, I don't know if this is true for everyone at The Blaze. I have books falling on top of me. I have thousands of books. Everybody wants me to cover their book. Um, and I, I do cover a lot of books because I read incessantly. I, I read, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't walk into a store, a checkout line, or a you know, massage envy without like reading the product you know, boxes because I can't not read if something's in front of me. I read constantly. So thank you for the books. Um, but here's the deal. Back to the Osage Nation. Um, They beat this Italian company. This is a massive ruling out of Tulsa Federal Court. 
uh, dismantle 84 wind turbines. This fight started in 2011. It is the longest running legal battle over wind energy in American history. Do you know how few litigants could afford a a 12-year lawsuit? You would almost have to be a wealthy Native American tribe with a big casino or something. Okay. Um, and and the, the court said that they, they won permanent injunctive relief, which means you don't get to rebuild it. Okay. Via, quote, ejectment of the wind turbine farm for continuing trespass. And probably what will happen is not only will the turbines come down, but trespass is a tort. That means it's a wrong for which a person can sue you in court and get money. Money. Just like wrongful death. You know, just like all kinds of other uh, civil, not criminal, not criminal. It's not the state versus you. It's another individual versus you. And what's at stake is not that you're going to prison to lose your liberty. It's that you're losing your money. Your money. So Enel is the company. E-N-E-L. Italian. And uh, they will now pay for interference with the sovereignty of the Osage Nation. Okay. Irreparable injury. Listen, Enel. You know what? If you just cut the tribe in early on, this never would have happened. (laughs) Let's be serious. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. do Do you know how easy it would have been to just settle with them? Really, but they didn't do it. Okay. Um, again, uh, if you haven't seen it, please check out Martin Scorsese's epic film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Back in October, it came out. Uh, some critics have called it the best movie of 2023. Sidebar. Okay, back to the Osage. Tribe member Tommy Daniels, that's probably not his given name, Um he said about this, quote, if I had the power, boom, they'd be gone. He said to Robert Bryce, wind project, quote, kills birds, kills eagles. And I don't like that. That's a quote. I don't like that. Me neither. Also, the Osage say that this is an intrusion on their sacred burial sites. The 420 foot high turbines have a deadly impact on eagles which are very important to them and to me for crying out loud and to me. Um, Joe Connor, another tribal member who unfortunately just passed away. Here's his quote. Many tribal members have objections because of the fear of damaging the environment, our sacred birds, particularly the eagles that would be caught up in the turban blades, unquote. Okay. They get it. Word got out, buddy. Enel, wind farms. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a public relations debacle. Kind of embarrassing for big wind. The word is out. The word is out. Everybody knows it now. And I am, uh, again, all out of time. Oh, my goodness. There was more to this story. Maybe next time. Um, but you get the bottom line. The tribe says that Enel is a long line of exploiters who decided this is something they can do 
and make lots of money. Now they're probably going to pay lots of money. They're going to lose lots of money. That's for sure. You're listening to The Jackie Daly Show.